0: 15. Welcome into another episode of Musings on Madison here on the Second City Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Dave Melton, the site manager here at Second City Hockey. You can find me on Twitter at DMelt57, and you can follow the main account and 2NDCityHockey, where we're getting trolled by AHL teams now. Uh, I've got all the usual line mates with me this evening, and uh, obviously it's been a very strange week in the world, especially in the United States. So we're going to do whatever it is that we do in this space to hopefully entertain ourselves and maybe entertain you as well. Uh, Up first, the analytics darling of Second City Hockey, you can find on Twitter at Shepherd price it's shepherd price uh
1: the world's a bummer right now so come listen to us have fun talking about a really bad team
2: there we that's,
0: go yeah that's uh that's our tagline for this episode have fun talking about a bad team or maybe maybe at some point we'll talk about good teams because there are good teams still playing right now
1: uh, that is true although some of the teams still playing i think are bad
0: well <laughs> I guess it depends on your definition of bad. I, I don't know how the New York Rangers are doing this. That That's one team that I'm looking at. Shish Shishyorkin.
1: Shishyorkin? Shishyorkin.
0: Okay. Uh, I'm not going to be able to say that properly. I've already given up on that. <laughs> uh, also with us this evening, he is the Second City Hockey. What Dan Campbell is to the wonder years. You can find him on Twitter at Mill182.
2: It's Mil Savic. I can promise you I'm nothing like Dan Campbell. How so? um you're, because, you're not a
0: philly fan i know that
2: no but i'm just i'm we'll have this discussion off the air
0: <laughs> uh, oh
2: i don't oh, think no. anybody i don't think anybody <laughs> wants to be bored with my opinions um
0: uh, but
2: i appreciate the sentiment oh as always.
0: i i have so many questions though i can't wait to have this conversation off air and we'll uh yeah you know, so, tweet us we'll tell you what mill said about dan campbell i'm sure he's listening it's not
2: really him. about dan campbell more about the band
0: uh, oh, oh no <laughs> Well, anyway, uh, yeah, I'll look forward to that later. But anyway, uh the last member of the group, and she uh, is the Second City Hockey Bull and Wall of Text. You can't find her on Twitter, but she is at SecondCityHockey.com. Under the name LBR, it is Betsy.
3: I had, like, two fairly long comments recently that I was like, I probably could have made these into articles every time. <laughs> I know, Dave, you were like, no, you could do that. So I was like, but I have to maintain my Boolean wall of text.
0: Well, it's it's literally yeah. why you became a member of the staff as you were writing an entire article in the comment section. I'm like, why don't we just turn these into articles? <laughs>
3: then, well, I just, like, I did math, like, <laughs> like way more <laughs> deep math than I probably should have to figure out some stuff about, like... Spoiler for a Kane article was, like, somebody was like, well, if he scored... 36 goals and i was like mathematically that would have done jack shit for the black ox i'm just going to tell you
0: (laughs) so what we're saying is the brand is strong folks the brand (laughs) remains strong
3: not only will i write a giant thing i'm still going to write the article and it's going to include some of that and i'm going to do math
0: the bull wall of text is not a nickname it's more of a accurate description of the uh the existence that is betsy slash lbr yep so uh before we get uh into the Blackhawk stuff, uh I, I mentioned something about bad teams and hockey and I couldn't remember whose voice it was that chimed in about somebody that's still playing that's bad. So who wanted to take the floor? I did. Okay, go ahead,
1: Jay. Edmonton oh, has okay. two players and they're in the they're, they're a game away from advancing the Western Conference final. Yeah. God uh, damn it, does it hurt me that the, that more than ever right now that the Vegas Golden Knights did not make this fucking playoffs? Because they, they'd they have it. They'd have it. Yeah, well. Live and learn, I guess. like, again, they have two well, players. They have two players. They don't have a blue line. As long
3: they don't have as, a
1: goaltender. Do they
3: have a <laughs> goaltender?
0: The, the, the no. goal that Mike Smith gave up last night is the funniest goal I have seen. No, just, I, like, Calgary
3: has a quality, quality goaltender. Yeah. He has just been oh. cursed.
1: Hey, he must have like, they traded. <laughs> They uh they they freak you Friday. They trade, got, they, they That's
3: what I thought the minute Mike Smith gave up that goal, I was like, maybe the curse has been reversed.
0: He got he got Dan Housen, is what happened to him. <laughs> that's that's a joke for Shay and Mill. That's another wrestler, uh, Betsy. I, I think there's
3: <laughs> there's what, three different series that I think goaltenders are stealing for their teams. Uh yeah. Edmonton, uh well, semi, it's really the other two players, but Mike Smith is actually playing well enough. that it's working but like the rangers for sure um and then uh the lightning i mean not that the lightning haven't been good too but like the panthers have been better yeah (laughs) they just can't score it
0: it kind of reminded me of the uh there there were a, a handful of series with the blackhawks where they didn't play quite as well but the goaltending was so so good it didn't matter like uh, 2010 in San Jose, I think that was like the anti niami show, pretty much. And um, I forget, 13 or 15, there was one of those series where Crawford was just out of his mind. And it didn't it was, matter what the other It was actually, was.
3: I think you're thinking of 14, because in both 2015 oh, yeah. and 2015, the Blackhawks were never the worst team in a series. like, And by a decent margin in most of them, if you go back and look at like their stats and stuff. But in 2014, Crawford was ridiculous. And like just like out of the out of this world, in that playoffs.
0: Yeah, uh, but yeah, I I am I'm genuinely stunned. Like the Edmonton, like Edmonton and Calgary, like I didn't. I, I thought Calgary was good, but like I feel like they're I feel like they're kind of Vegas esque to me in that they don't they they don't quite have that like really really that that high level star power at the top. Like Johnny is incredible. But feels like that's it, and I feel like they need like another guy like him to be among the league's elite, and uh, either either on offense or on the blue line. Uh, and Edmonton clearly has those guys, obviously, yeah. as we discussed but earlier. That's all they have.
3: But yeah, all they have is two guys. Like their blue line is terrible. Um, but also, hey, Matthew, hey, Matthew Duncan Keith on that. Sorry, Matthew yeah, Kachuk, he is. <laughs> I think Matthew Kachuk is a good example of a great. Like he's, yeah, like he's obviously not. Connor McDavid or uh, Drysaddle, but like, and then Lindholm, I think is excellent mm-hmm. too.
1: Yeah, there's, there's like the top six forwards for Calgary are decent to.
3: to I, yeah. I think they're, yeah, I think they're a very good top six. And I think their bottom six is pretty solid too. And even, even though they don't have like, like a, like definitive, you know, his name kind of top uh, defender other than um, Hannafin. Um, and even him, I don't – he kind of like – he was supposed to be a number one and then he just never hit it, and then he's been really good this year. So yeah. maybe it was all a coaching thing or just needed to come around to it, and the rest of them are just there. <laughs> but yeah. they're used so well. Yeah. Um, but look at Edmonton's defense. There's no one worth crap on there, and that includes, like, Nurse and everybody. And are it's fine, fine but
0: – And it's it's just – it's going to make – Starting to make me uh, feel like I'm going to be looking very stupid soon because I've been I've been yelling for years that the, every argument against taking and uh, selling out to get Connor uh, shot at Connor Bedard next year draft has been look at what Edmonton has done they haven't done anything and they have Connor McDavid uh, and now and now they're now they're actually doing things we'll, so we'll see yeah. if it you know if it makes it there and I still uh, I'd be stunned if they. If they get by Calgary, I'll be stunned if they get past Colorado as well. But whatever.
3: I mean, Colorado also has suspect goaltending. So
1: true. Darcy Kemper has not been the Arizona. Darcy Kemper.
0: Well, the National Series didn't matter because Kale McCarr damn near won that series by himself. And then, uh, oh, the the Blues are the Blues. They're 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 bluesing pretty hard right now. David, I forgot how much of an obnoxious pest. David Perron can be until he jumped Nazem Kadri on the ice
2: you know that was really dangerous like (laughs) I I not to sound like a like a nerd but like in all seriousness that was really like he could have hit his like his face into the ice like yeah it was it was
0: like a flying clothesline and and, and Kadri wasn't looking so like it reminded me of a little bit of uh Darren McCarty jumping Claude Lemieux
2: a little bit like just totally
0: out of left field
2: Like it's one thing to give someone a little love tap, you know, and then like nudge them back and then, you know, whatever. But that was brutal. So I, I have to, as much as I agree with you, Dave, on Coddry's past, like I got a side with King Codge on this one. I mean, taking that hit and then scoring the hat trick on the blues, like that was big time.
0: You know what? It was, it was a day after all the Tim Anderson stuff went down with. same, Same
2: feel really.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, so I, I could understand, uh, all of the Colorado fans that were quite thrilled with the way everything was developing. And there's some level of satisfaction in, uh, you know, the opposing team treating one of your players like shit. And then that player just mf's them all over by winning the game. And, uh, somebody on somebody on Twitter asked about, uh, a player that it, it went back to Vancouver, like the player that the fan base hated the most, that destroyed them the most in the playoffs. And the answer is Dustin Bufflin, obviously. And I just had, uh, wonderful flashbacks to when the Hawks were good.
2: You know who I fucking hated uh, on that Vancouver team was Kevin Bieksa.
0: Yeah, uh, him and Shane O'Brien. At Shane Kessel, O'Brien Ke- didn't. Yeah,
2: Kessler was a motherfucker too, but he could play.
0: Yeah, yeah, Kessler was at least really good at hockey. I don't know how good Bieksa was.
2: I don't want to have PTSD going down this road.
0: I will give, I will give <laughs> Kevin Bieksa this though. Like the times I've seen him on TV, he's he's pretty good on TV. I'll, I'll give him that.
3: I feel like. Most of the guys who are good on TV were not like the best at, like they were like not <laughs> super great at. Hockey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like is that is that like?
0: So I think by that equation, Betsy, I would be really, really good on TV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
3: I mean like,
2: that's that's fair.
3: <laughs> I mean, other than maybe like Sharp's really good at on TV, but like not quite as.
2: Uh, I mean, Gretzky and Anson, Anson Carter is like a not like he was a nice player.
3: Yeah, yeah Gretzky's not fun. great. Gretz- like, Gretzky's fine. Gretzky's all
0: right.
2: Boring as hell.
0: Like he
3: got, he's better when he's playing off some of those. Like he's he's relaxed a little bit. Maybe somebody's like slipping him. Like I
2: think, I yeah.
3: The, the thing about
2: Gretzky though is he's always right.
3: <laughs> no, I, it's super informative. It's kind of yeah. like, the, like Patrick Sharp has a ton of charm, and he's all he's his he's observations You're great. Yeah, his you you know his face doesn't even have to talk, right? Um but he's not quite as uh and maybe this will just come with years, but like people that are like uh like Biz, Biz is really, really good on air. Um like he just has that like way to like off the cuff way to do stuff that some I like, they're just I think it's because the the better players were always taught to be like little robots in front of the media. So they had to like tone it down. So they have to like break out of that. <laughs> When they get
2: yeah. in front of him, you know. Yeah. Bissimatt getting into it with Tockett was funny, too.
0: Well, yeah, there's there's a few times I thought Rick Tocket was going to, like, jump across the desk and fight him. Like, it, it looks like Tocket <laughs> looks Tockett looks already like somebody that's been in, involved in several fights and otherwise, which he did throughout his career. And he, he still looks like, I mean, he, if you cast him as the serial killer in a murder mystery, no one would be like, yeah. yeah but at would least, agree. Yeah,
2: again, he though, looks, he could he play, though. Like, yeah. no, Matt, was, was, Matt yeah. was a cone.
0: Yeah, 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 absolutely.
2: So there's there's our there's your second city panel opinions.
1: <laughs> there we go. Also, uh, Business Networks for a, a yeah a company we won't name, but it is bad.
0: Yeah, that's that's all. It's the the weird cozying up to that remains a weird part of hockey. I don't, I don't get it, but I mean,
2: yeah, there are better avenues for publicity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like
0: I feel like there's I, w- I would like there to be like the uh, the NBA panel, which I it looks like they're trying to do in the NHL equivalent of the NBA on T on T panel with Chuck and Shaq and uh, Kenny and Ernie Johnson.
2: But they're like, so good.
0: I, I know Shaq and Chuck are Hall of Famers. It was Kenny. Well, I don't know if he was a Hall of Famer, but I know he was pretty good.
2: So. He was on those two Rockets championship yeah. teams. So yeah, he was I, pretty solid.
0: But yeah, so like the NHL gets like, you know, isn't that who? Was not quite a Hall of Famer, and Rick Tocket, who was good, I don't know if he was Hall of Fame good. I feel like he was, but anyway, that that's where our, that's the comparison I was trying to make, and it wasn't. I don't know. You you you're watching it, you guys. We just
2: need it. Chuck to do hockey too. I I
0: would be a thousand percent on board with that.
2: I mean, he's he's the best.
0: So hey, yeah. uh, since we're we're all lighthearted and having fun now, you guys want to ruin it by talking about the Blackhawks again? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, because the two guys, uh, well, it's mainly two guys that we're going to talk about today because uh, we talked about the forwards, we talked about the defense. So, obviously, all that is left is the goaltending. Uh, the two main names from the season were obviously went out with Mark andre Fleury, gone and in Minnesota, the two guys l- that played the bulk of the rest of the games. So well, actually, it's Kevin Lankanen and then a little bit of Colin Delia. And I don't really know what to make about either one of them at this point because – Lincoln had such a good, like he had a really good debut season, relatively speaking. Like he didn't, um, there were no expectations and he's, but he was way above them by the end of the season. And then this year he took a significant step back. Uh, Colin Delia like four or five years ago seemed like the heir apparent to Corey Crawford, but then he just kind of faded away. It seemed like, and then like ended up behind Kevin Lincoln on the depth chart. So uh, I, I, I really don't know what to make of either one of these guys. Um, they're both. Uh, that was just their age twenty seven seasons. They're both unrestricted free agents. Uh, I, I don't even know where to start. So Shay, I'm just going to throw it over to you and see what's on your mind related to the two
1: goaltenders. All right, you're missing a name because Arvid Soderblom also played some games. Okay, I think yeah, he's...
0: but he's he's Rockford next year, and if he's not, yeah. if they bring him up to Chicago, it's a mistake. I think like let him play another full season in Rockford and learn how to play professional level of hockey and then worry about it later
1: cuz he's a 22 22 so yeah, t- he's got he's got time
0: yeah um, exactly
1: and he's also probably a brighter star for the future uh Lankanen and and delia they don't have great numbers no um and i think that like just and in, in general rebound control with this team this season was not great. Um, I don't have much thoughts on the goaltending. <laughs> All right, under <laughs> on, on the next change, challenge. change them. That's yeah. that's a big thought.
0: Yeah, uh, Betsy, what about you? Do you have any goaltending thoughts?
3: Uh, I don't. I would. I wouldn't mind uh, Lincoln getting like the starter roles next year and them getting like a vet backup that isn't like cam ward type uh just because one i don't think they're gonna really be going for it but lankanen did much better when he got more starts so i wonder if part of his problem this year is that he started not very much because flurry was here um so i you know like there, since since sorter isn't ready or at least should at least stay in Rockford for, for a little while because he was good and he got better as the season went on. There's no rush, especially if next season doesn't have any expectations to it. So you might as well not waste money going out and getting somebody unless you are going to get like some cheap bets. Um, yeah. Uh, well, yeah,
0: I don't, well, Hey, I don't even think that goalies out there for them to acquire like the, you know, there's no, um, I, there's no Marc-Andre Fleury. Well, I take that back. There is actually literally a Marc-Andre Fleury on the market, but there isn't like a long-term goalie option. That's going to be a, you huge know, I, 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 I mean like
3: a a placeholder vet until they think Soderbloom or somebody else is ready. Like, cause you know, they did, they also did, um, sign, uh, Stauber, Staber, how do you say his name? Oh, Jackson, yeah. <laughs> uh, from, it was at, uh, in the NCAA with Providence. Providence college. Yeah. And he's still, he's the same age as Soderbloom pretty much. Um, so he's 23 and just yeah. turned 23 and Soderbloom turns 23, like in August or something. So they're like six months apart or something. So let them be the duo in Rockford. I don't know what they're going to do with Kale Morris um like what the plans are with him because he's a little bit older but yeah I just I think Lincoln could still be something and he could at least be a placeholder but he needs more starts if they get a vet that they want to be their starter then they should just see if they can move Lincoln in before he has zero value I don't know how much value he has but he did get a lot of attention last year
0: Mm -hmm. yeah it's a when you have a goal you've had one pretty good season and then one pretty bad season numbers wise uh i guess it's, it's you kind of like you get that given that third chance to prove which season which one was the outlier and which one is what, more in line with what he is like if you go by like hockey uh ho- the hockey reference page has the, their goal saved above average which is basically a uh, a cumulative measure for how many saves they made uh, above or below what what it would be typically expected of a goalie. In Lincoln's first season, he was at a positive 1.9, which isn't great, but it's it's fine. it's better than he was at least like he was slightly above league average. This season, that was minus 15 and a half. So, that's a yeah. pretty substantial drop off from one season well, to the next.
3: And of course, the diff- the problem with Lincoln is that the first he was only really good for the first half of the season last year because yeah. he was leading those types of stats. He had Vesna quality numbers up until somewhere between like a third and a halfway. And then he was pretty average. And then everything just, I think the workload was just too much for him. Mm-hmm. Um, they were riding him too much. And I mean, the defense was crap. Um, and I he just was seeing way too too much stuff.
0: I guess so. I was yeah. gonna ask you and share this because i I don't remember offhand. Is there a statistic that somehow tracks uh, how often a goalie loses his net? Because that seemed to be the biggest issue with Lankinen towards the end of the season is I felt like there was an alarming number of goals scored where Lankinen was either facing the wrong direction or just not anywhere in the crease. And that's both of those things. I'm not a goalie expert, but I know that you're not supposed to do those two things as a goalie.
1: Unless it's a microstat, I don't know of it.
3: Yeah. It's, I, not, a, it's okay. not a public microstat, but uh sports logic and InStat both have um, goalie stats of if a, if a goal went into the net, when the goalie was outside of the blue paint or a majority outside of the blue paint, for example, or a shot fired. I can't remember if it's shots or goals, like obviously a, Okay. okay. Definitely for a goal, but you can't get those numbers unless you're
0: unless you uh, work for the athletic.
3: Yeah. But um <laughs> like a couple of the goalie stats people online will like tweet about them sometimes. Um and you can see what they are. But it's like the top top tier. Like Mike Kelly tweeted about a stat that I had never seen before for like goaltender that was like the top things, and they had things like facing a shot after a behind the net move, which micro tracking cracks oh, for players but it doesn't track for goalies i mean we could probably strap you know like eventually that could be extrapolated too but that's ah. like a very interesting stat to me because it's like a really hard shot to to, to get from there the there game. you
0: go there you go Shane betsy there's your off-season project you guys you can uh, the two of you can start tracking that have fun
3: <laughs> i mean you could probably just take Corey's data and figure it out yeah uh based on which goalies were in net and then what the players were doing. But that, I don't, I like math, but I don't know if I like that much math. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Uh, Before we uh, forget about him completely, Mill, I want to bring you in and get your Blackhawks goalie thoughts.
2: Um, Well, my kind of idea of next season is that they're not going to be very good. Uh, They could be better than they were this year, but they're probably going to still give up a ton of shots. So I think it's important to get some kind of stopgap veteran, not like a big money guy, but you know, somebody yeah. who can handle, like they might have to go 50, 50, like give Lincoln in 41 starts, but you know, maybe give him a little bit more home starts and see how he is doing because this defense has no semblance of shot suppression.
0: Yeah. Well, I feel like, I, I guess if I, if I was a betting man, I would put my money on Lincoln and coming back and Delia not because That's just it's just it seems like they didn't like Colin Delia anymore. I don't know what he did, but they just it just seemed like they the way that whenever there was a call up, it was never Delia. And the way like he seemed to always be buried on the depth chart, even in Rockford, sometimes it just seemed like he had fallen out of favor completely. And since he's an unrestricted free agent and doesn't have to sign with Chicago, if he doesn't want to. I'm going to guess that he doesn't want to. (laughs) So uh, you want to know
3: what he did? He put sub nine hundred. Okay. Uh, yeah. He ends up in the HL, two years in a row. Yeah,
0: he did. He did have some subpar play for sure, but I mean, did anybody play their like, above and beyond in in Chicago or Rockford the last few years?
3: Uh, in Rockford, you had well. First of all, Soderblom one hundred percent played much better than him.
0: Okay, that's where uh, that's I.
3: They had like eight million goaltenders last year. Kale Morris and Matt Thompson both played better than Colin Delia, um, and Matt Tompkins played 15 games to so Colin Delia's like
0: oh I forgot about Matt or something
3: okay. like that. But yeah, played much better than him. Um, I'm trying to think of what other goalies were happening the year before that. Who was? Who were the goalies in? 2019?
0: Was it Jeff Glass? <laughs> Oh, that's no, it's, it's, a, it's it was definitely
3: Colin Julia, and he was the best. But Kevin Lincoln had like a slightly lower save percentage with, but got better as the season went on. I think Colin Julia lost his net to Lincoln in a little bit,
0: part <laughs> and then that. Kevin Lincoln lost his net <laughs> during play. Yeah, <laughs> sorry.
2: Um, we need so, to get a tile for their net.
0: <laughs> 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 uh, uh. I, I got nothing to add to that. I'm
2: sorry. That wasn't funny.
0: I'm just going to make an awkward segue away into something else. <laughs> well, the thing you mentioned, Bill, about the veterans stopgap for a season, like that seems like the way it's going for sure. Um, and so what I wanted to do here, just give you a quick rundown of all the exciting names that are going to be available uh, in free agency this season. Hell um, yeah. Uh, yeah. And there, there are some names here and I'm trying to make sure this is sorted by uh rest- I'll tell with it. I'll just, Make sure I'm I'm only gonna give you the unrestricted guys because there's a few restricted free agents on here, like uh Ilya Samsonov and Jake Ottinger, who's not gonna hit free agency, uh, because obviously they're they gonna keep him in Dallas. Um but yeah, a handful of restricted free agents that probably aren't worth getting into. But there's plenty of unrestricted free agents that we could talk about. And the one at the top of the list, when I mentioned a few minutes ago, is Marc Andre Fleury. So if they uh really That's wanted not
1: to no, they shouldn't bring him back.
0: No, uh, I I don't think so either. But you know, stranger things have happened. Uh, Miko Koskinen is uh, the
2: unexpected...
0: are they
1: trying? There are 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 they tanking?
2: <laughs> I think well, they're gonna guess, float. It's just I gonna guess, be whatever happens.
0: I guess we'll find out. Yeah. Uh, n- so after then, th- this is sort of by cap hit from the current or oh, the prior season or current season, whatever. Uh, Darcy Kemper is available. So, so there's if that. they were
1: trying to win. Maybe I think he's better than he's played in Colorado. Well, yeah. in the playoffs,
3: yeah. he played really good during the regular season.
2: Yeah, he's that, gonna be that. too expensive.
0: Yeah. Well, I you, I don't know what. uh I don't think the Hawks are too far up against the cap next season. And if they play all the youngkins that they're supposed yeah, to, they're gonna have a lot of money available. Yeah, but yeah, they but, don't want
2: to spend it.
3: Yeah, but and Kemper's thirty-two, which means he's like. Not that – like, he's got a couple of years left in him. He's probably going to want, like, at least a three-year deal, probably yeah. around his salary, which is 5.5. He might get less than that because his yeah. cap hit is, like – Well, I,
0: I think yeah, in okay. a, an ideal situation with the Hawks is you do what they did with Marc-Andre Fleury. You you acquire them. Uh, this would be free agency, not a trade. And you hope that they play well enough that maybe you flip them at the deadline for picks and or prospects. I think it's as if, if that's yeah, but my brothers, that's the way. I don't do think it.
3: Kemper is going to be the type of guy that goes for that.
2: True. No. Yeah. He's, he's like, he's, he's almost nine years younger than Mike Smith.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Darcy Kemper goes to Edmonton next season after they eventually lose in the playoffs, whatever that is.
3: Is Jack Campbell from Toronto? Jack Campbell is an,
0: an unrestricted free agent. Although, okay. uh, well, again, the issue with him is whether or not Tampa can, or excuse me, Toronto is going to be able to afford him with all of the, uh, the salary cap issues that they have
3: yeah but he doesn't have enough of a record to like be that expensive and he's like he,
0: 31 they've got his age at 30 uh, okay he, he cool. turned yeah he turned 30 in january
3: okay i was like i know he's like th- that's a fine age for a goaltender though so yeah
0: uh also, Thomas Grice is on this list, which I'm I'm okay with. What?
2: <laughs> he's still he still like he didn't retire.
3: No, Who did well,
0: play in, for?
2: Detroit. Detroit. Oh, yeah. that's why I didn't know because yeah. I don't fucking I think, watch them. Wasn't he?
0: The, I it wasn't. It was in the the 2021 season when he gave up. I, I can't remember if it was him or the other Detroit goalie. He gave up like eight or nine goals, and uh, I think that might have been Suter's hat trick game. But somebody just from Detroit just had to wear it, and it was. I think it was him. Or the other terrible goalie they had that season. I don't remember. Good for the Wings. Good for them, yeah. Uh-huh. I'm glad
2: they had to deal with that.
0: <laughs> we'll, we'll run down some other names real quick here. we got uh, Martin Jones. We've got Braden uh-huh. Hopi. We've got Yarrow Halak. We've got Casey DeSmith. we got Ooh,
1: David Riddick. Give me Halak. Yeah, as a veteran backup, Halak's not a bad choice. He's, he's very, a very good career.
0: He's very veteran. He's
2: he's
3: very, yeah, I was going to say, isn't he like almost 40 you now? That's, that's what I
2: want them to have. I want he's them stop to get cap. the oldest guy they can.
3: <laughs> who
1: can still play who, who can still play hockey?
3: So uh, I'm no, well, not, not necessarily. Actually, hey, right?
2: If you if
0: you really want to go that route, Mill, if he's gonna play another season, you can bring Craig Anderson on home.
2: Hey, he's I mean 41. I, I used to go see him play for the Hawks. Yeah, yeah. Uh
0: so th- so there's that one too. Um and then just a few other on here. Uh Keith Kincaid, Scott Wedgewood, Calvin Pickard, Alex Daylock, I mean Louis Louis Domingue.
2: Oh, I like Louis Domingue, actually. So, yeah. Not as probably what the Hawks need. He's yeah. just like a serviceable backup. But so, I like Louis Dami. I
0: I think I would agree with the general sentiment that multiple, if not all of you said about the Hawks are probably going to bring in a veteran to help share the load because uh, that you have to have two goalies. And it seems like again, like Colin Dealey is probably not going to get a contract. I'm gonna guess lincoln and will and you just flat out have to have somebody in net for 82 games next season so i imagine one of those uh goalies is gonna get signed uh who they're gonna be huh, i don't fucking know i guess we'll find out uh in july but if uh, does anybody have a, a really high list of goalie you want to demand out of that group
2: out of that group
0: yeah <laughs> no because i mean i don't i don't none
3: yeah, none of them look like uh Casey DeSmith wouldn't be terrible. I, I I've Again, watched a lot of Casey
2: DeSmith and I don't think the like if the Hawks don't put something in front of him though, I'd have yeah. I don't know. You know, oh, like for
3: sure, but I'm just like be a back being a like a one A, one B with Lincoln and we know they're gonna be bad regardless. So
2: Yeah, you're right. Who cares, honestly? Who gives a shit? <laughs>
0: I, uh, it's like I, I don't even really care much about the goalie. I just want to see the players in front of them. Who's the them.
2: biggest guy on the roster? Just like tie uh, uh, Vlasic just, down to the just, net, like straight- No, no too Vlasic
1: silly. needs to learn how to play defense in the NHL. Isn't he like <laughs> six seven? Just tie him <laughs> sideways. Speaking yeah, six
0: seven, mill. There Ooh. you go. There's, that's who you want then. You want Miko Koskinen. His 6'7, goofy ass number 19 wearing ass. In net. Yeah,
2: because like
1: just number just 19
0: him... is not a goalie. Well, at least he can't wear that in Chicago because it is Taze's number. So I don't him. know
1: <laughs> what happens if Taze is traded. <laughs> they, <laughs> will.
3: they would never give 19 to somebody right yeah. away. That's yeah, true. Yeah, you yeah,
2: yeah. can't disrespect Kyle Calder like that.
3: Exactly. They, they definitely <laughs> told people they couldn't have Hose's number because they yeah. for like years. So Yeah.
0: Alright, so that's, that's all the exciting goalie talk. I, I, I knew I'd save it for the end because uh, I don't know what else there is to say. It's, uh, it, it, it's, that's very much it is what it is type of situation. Uh, we got about, got some few other things we're going to talk about, one young player in particular, and we're going to do that on the other side of this quick timeout. Welcome back to Musings on Madison here on the Second City Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, had one player in particular one wanted to talk about. Uh, I think we mentioned this player a little bit a few weeks ago when we did our discussion about Fords, but I wanted to dive into him a little bit more, mainly because, uh, A, he's a, a favorite of, of the panel here, And also because there may or may not be an article all about him popping up at the website later this week. And uh, we don't want to spoil the entire thing here because, uh, you know, we want you to visit SecondCityHockey.com later in the week to check it out for yourselves. But uh, that player is Phil Kuroshev, and Shay is currently working on a more deeper uh, analysis of everything about him last season. Because I think the uh, the general notion on Kuroshev is that he underwhelmed a little bit. Last season, I guess, would be a good word for it, or just didn't didn't take the step forward that everybody was hoping he would have. And uh, Shay did some did some number crunching and researching and all those other things. And uh, I want to quickly give uh, Shay the floor to let him let Shay talk about uh, what he thought about Phil Kurosev.
1: Uh So Kuroshev had a very comparable season to his previous season, I think. Uh, not necessarily worse not necessarily better um i think if people were expecting a huge step forward it's fair to be a little bit disappointed but at the same time he did not regress um he did not get worse and that's despite a horrifying drop in shooting percentage just abysmal he had a 3.95 for shoot percent shooting percentage at 515 that's ah, terrible not great, yeah no and it's and it's not gonna happen again his 11 percent you said it was 3% at what? At even strength? three three uh, 3.95% at 5-on-5. Five five. Okay. Uh, and that's not going to happen again. His, his 11% the previous season is probably more like the direction he should theoretically go in this season if he doesn't have horrible luck. He so far has always had horrible luck in his career in Chicago, but maybe, maybe one time he can get over a 1% or a, a 100 PDO. Um, he uh, scored more points per sixty minutes of play time this season than he did the previous season. Uh, one point five to one point four. Uh, a more of those were primary. Um, one point two to one straight up uh, per sixty. Um, so this is like he 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 became more of the playmaker playmaker he's supposed to be. If he if his finishing caught up to the rest of his game, he'd be good. Um, but at the same time, <clears throat> he's somebody who definitely needs competent NHL coaching who wants to play the kids and not play Reese Johnson or Tyler Johnson or, uh, not the judge him, but Juhar Ju Harkera over him. Um, mm-hmm. these guys who shouldn't be getting in over him when, uh, he's, when he's trying to develop. Um, yeah. So maybe like a competent NHL coaching for the first time in his career, uh, <laughs> could turn him into something that like, cause he has, if you watch him on the ice, like he stands out. Like, he, he still has the ability well, to he's, do that national he's, play. He's real fast, so that, that yeah. helps. <laughs> and and he, he belongs in the modern NHL because he can skate like the wind. He just needs to, like, catch the rest of his game up to that speed.
0: His, his, hands, and, need, his hands and his head need to catch up to his feet, which yeah. is I feel like is a common thing for younger players. The one question I do have and uh, related to this is when we're talking about, like, individual player stats, and obviously the shooting percentage drop-off is noticeable like going from, you said, 11.5 at even strength to 3.95 this season. But, like, I feel like if you go too far into the puck look category as, like, the reason for the drop-off, like, uh, what if Phil Khrushchev can't finish? That's the main question I think I'm getting at. What if he just can't finish? I mean, he had, he
1: had the ability to finish last season. Um, well,
0: what if la- all right, what if last season was the outlier and this season isn't? like do you do you have a way to definitively tell me that it was or was not
1: i i don't and i will say that
0: uh i'm just playing devil's advocate he, here cuz i'm not saying right. i agree with this but
1: he uh, i will say that uh according to JFresh hockey um his finishing is in the 39th percentile which means he's 39 per, he's better than 39% of the rest of the nhl so that's near 40% <laughs> That's better, near like, 40 <laughs> I but like the, these are the best players. These are these are yeah. the consensus best I, players in the world. I, he's better than forty percent of them. Yeah, but that means they're sixty percent better. Yeah, that's,
3: that's, that's third that's, line that's... shooting percentage. Yeah,
1: he's a. He, I think I think he he has the capability to be a very good third liner.
3: Okay, or a pretty. I think he has the ability to be a pretty good second liner, but it just depends on like usage and
1: so usage chemistry. and teammates yeah. and like because last season. He played with, like, his best teammate was Dylan Strome. They had a 54.32% uh, expected goal share together. Uh, they only played 101 minutes. This season, yeah. his, his best line mate was Sam Lafferty. Uh, weirdly to me, who's not a big Sam Lafferty <laughs> Speaking fan.
0: Speaking uh, of players who can't finish,
1: um. <laughs> similarly high expected goal share, uh, 53.59, only played 139 minutes together. Like, play it with the guys he's good with and maybe, and yeah. maybe see what happens. Well, I, he I played, think- he didn't play with Strome much at all well because
0: Strom was busy with kanan to bring it the whole season and well, i think well, if you're not if, the whole season because he kept that. getting okay. scratched <laughs> when when Strom played sorry uh,
3: but even when Str- the part of the problem was definitely usage of players this season like and and the fact that Cooley couldn't finish was a big deal because kershev okay. kershev is one of those guys who can play make and can play make well um when he's and, and confident,
1: Kubalik is also his most common linemate this season.
3: Yeah, so if you have if you have a guy that's not finishing your assists, what's happening to your confidence? Like the same thing happened when Strom was with Kubalik. Everybody was like, "Oh, Strom's not playing well." It's like, no, no, Kubalik is not finishing for some reason. Is it Strom's passes are still connecting just fine <laughs> um, for the most part? Uh, and uh, so, the other
1: yeah. problem is he's he, the second. His his other most common linemate was Kirby Doc. And you know who else can't finish?
3: Kirby Doc, <laughs> yeah. And it's weird because Kirby Doc's in the same situation as Khrushchev, where there's a lot of things in his game that look good, and he just can't finish. There's, like, something that's, like, not working for them. So either you double up with two playmakers, and but you, and then you have a killer shooter, or you need to have a f- uh, fetch, a catch and a release guy essentially <laughs> on a line.
0: So you need, a, you need Orlando Wilson, a really good angler To I'm uh, Sorry. Sorry. That's a fishing joke. <laughs>
3: please, <laughs> please, please
0: take a, I'm just going to stop talking. Go ahead, Betsy.
3: Uh, I think I also, one of the reasons I think Kershaw did good la, good last year is because uh, there wasn't like expectation for that kid's team and the kids all like we're on the same level and could play to each other versus yeah. this season where you had some guys take a step back like Kubelik or who weren't trusted by the coaching staff so their confidence was hit like Shrome or they just were playing with guys like if if something they made a mistake they got like knocked really hard while other guys would like not do anything on the ice and still get to play regardless. So I just I before I I think Kuroshev has shown enough from last season that he could be a good middle six guy. Um, very good third liner. I think he could be a good second liner. Um, if he like really gets to like his potential, but it really depends on the coach. I just really want them to invest in a coach that's going to invest in those types of players and they can make those assessments well, because again, King did a poor job assessing players, regardless of what you, if you read that article about Strom, it always comes back to Strom to me because King said so much more about him. He said something like, even though Strom had a really good camp, they told him and he agreed with Colleton that he wasn't going to start the season, even though he was better than most of the people in camp. How is that any good for <laughs> you? It's Like That's so stupid to me. Yeah, yeah. Just so stupid. I, I and then he said, it, he said it took him forever to even real, like. And then every time he would give Strom a compliment, he would also have a critique. You don't need to do that in the media. <laughs> just just say the compliment or don't say yeah. anything at all. Yeah. And I feel like maybe that was said to Khrushchev, too, and some others. I just don't like that type of.
0: Well, it's uh, I, I thought the general rule of thumb for coaching was to praise in public and criticize in private. Like you don't have to criticize in public. Yeah. But whatever. I just the one the one thing about this. I'm, I'm going to swing this question around the mill as I set this up. Like the one concern I have is like I, I agree with both of you entirely that. Phil Kershev and several other players were not utilized very well. Derek King like, was seemed like the right coach for their situation. They just needed someone to, to come in and get everyone to calm down when everything on and off the ice was going to shit back in late October, November. Um, and and whatever it's done, it's in the past. Get someone new in here, please. I'm with you on all of that. But at the other side of it is I don't want to be so reliant. I don't want the players to be so reliant on the coaching staff to make them good. Like, I just, like, there's a kind of the, it's like a chicken and egg argument almost about is the player good because of the coach or is the coach good because of the player, yada, yada, yada. And I just, I, I, I don't want the success or failures of my players to be so reliant on the coaches. Like, I, I don't know if I'm making sense the way I'm saying it, but Miller, Mill, do you, do you get what I'm saying at all or trying to?
2: Well, yeah. And I, th- I think, that's the reason why a lot of times like if if like Betsy brings up microstats being good for example for a player who looked like they had a bad season it's like it both can be true like a player could be a good player and they could be weighed down by their coaching and Okay, there I think go. it's it's more or less that the coaches have to put them in a position to succeed whether that not make them better you know what I mean like you can't really in, uh, improve a guy's skill uh, they have to do that but like yeah. Kirchev's like a nice piece if if he's performing like peak performance from what we've seen. But the Hawks problem since he's been on the team is they can only score in transition. And the mm-hmm. only line that knows how to play transition game is Kane's line. So it's like that goes back to first forward into the zone. Who's carrying the puck over? Who's your late man? Uh, the good Hawks knew all about that. See Brian Bickle, see Dave Boland, etc. So I, I think Kuroshev and, and plenty others would just benefit from a more uniform like everybody knows what to do and where to be.
0: Okay. Yeah. That I, makes sense. I, I think the the way you said I think I the, what I was trying to set you up for was got through it as I was saying it out loud and hearing myself say it I'm like I don't know if that makes any sense at all so I don't know if you you're gonna understand what I'm saying but I think it got there but yeah, yeah. just just a general like. You know, certain players are going to be coach proof like Alex to and Patrick Kane obviously did, weren't affected by Derek's use. Although, I mean, they basically got to play as much as they wanted whenever they wanted, it seemed like. But, um, you know, so certain players like it's just well, uh, that you do need the coach a little bit to just kind of steer you in the right direction or whatever.
2: Look, let me use a basketball analogy, OK? Go ahead. So when Phil Jackson came to the Bulls, he introduced the equal opportunity offense known as the Triangle. And Michael Jordan wasn't too pleased about this, but he explained to him, This is gonna let you help other players succeed. And when a team can defend this, then our stars can just go isolation. That's kind of like Patrick Kane or Alex DeBrinkett. Like sometimes they just have to do their thing, but yeah. they shouldn't have to rely on them 82 games a year to just go out there and do their thing every shift.
0: There should be other ways to win other than Kane and DeBrinkett lighting up the opponent. You would hope. <laughs>
3: I would oh, I would just say that I would love to see players like we know for a fact that Kubalik for example scores more when there's when he's at, he's got zone time mm. um because he's better at one timers and such and those are better when you have set up off a cycle. We know Kurshav can skate the puck in but like he just didn't have a much opportunity ever with the cycle. Kubalik at least got to play with Taves who can cycle well and then Kane who like shifted on and off with them who was actually their third best um, line mate, even though technically like Kajula and a bunch of other players played that third role. Most of the time, they just actually scored more with Kane on it, but wouldn't it be so awesome to at least see these kids like you just on a team that could at least minimally hit like, I don't know, 45%. (laughs) <laughs> Possession chair. <laughs> yeah. like, I would love for them to like hit just a little bit, like hit hit near fifty, yeah. please, just for see, one time.
0: See, whenever whenever the conversation goes in this direction, where like we start listing like all the players who underperformed or what have you under the last two coaches the 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 head the head coach and the interim coach, not going back to the Quinville era, but like th- this is where like my my attention shifts to like the New York Rangers and the Calgary Flames. Who were two teams that had had some talent but were kind of floundering, never really doing anything. And then they made a coaching change and each team brought in a very good coach. And now they're both in the conference semifinals. And yeah. so, like, like I'm not telling you the Hawks are gonna get there in a season. I think that's wildly optimistic, but it's just if like the the talent, I feel like there's more talent. On this team than they've gotten production out of in the last few seasons, and or, so if you bring in someone that can do it, like I, I at least like compete for a wild card next season. But that that's just me being optimistic because I want to write about a team that doesn't suck for a change. <laughs>
3: well, at the very least, we can't evaluate them properly. Yeah, like there's gotcha. no way to really know. We can sit there and say, I we think we see good talent in Kuresev. We think he could be this, but. It's been years since he's been on a good team because he was great in juniors and he was great for international and stuff like that. But it's been years since he's been on a good team. So,
0: How, how's, uh, how's he's Swiss, right? So, uh, yes. how's Switzerland doing in the world? Like, I think Kershaw had a goal recently. Uh,
3: I don't remember. I, no, but I'm the, not this,
1: he's, I think his career, he, looking at his career, I think he's been pretty decent for Switzerland. Oh, he uh, definitely he left, has.
3: The year that yeah. he, there was one year that he did something like, like everybody was like, he's pretty much the the best player on one of their. Um, oh fuck! He has four points in seven games so far for Switzerland at World. There we but, go.
1: All right, there's my. And uh, <laughs> th- uh, the COVID year 2021, um, uh, he had nine assists in 13 games in the Swiss League.
3: Yeah, I, it was the the year that I'm thinking of was one of the U20 years when he had he was over a point per game and people were just like. Jesus Christ, he was really good. And 2018-2019. Um, so the okay. year after the Blackhawks drafted him. Oh. Like that that year, that following season. Yeah. So,
0: yeah, just that was just my random aside of like maybe, you know, if he's flourishing in other situations, granted it's, you know, the, the Q and the IAHF the worlds aren't exactly the same level of talent as the NHL, obviously, but. It's just there, like he and several other players, you just, it feels like there's something more there. So that, and you hope that the Hawks can find it pretty soon. Cause there's, there's, cause there's so many other guys on the team that are at or near the NHL level who are trying to graduate from prospects to NHL players. And if they don't do that, this is going to get, it, it's going to be even worse than it's been the last few years.
3: I'll tell you too. He spent three games, just three games in the AHL, but he looked, so much better than everybody else other than maybe Lucas. Well, and actually I think he looked better in those three games than Lucas Reichel did at that time.
0: How, how about better? I was going to say, how about Reichel and Kuryshev on a line with, I don't know who the third person would be, but they were, I had, really. they yeah. were
3: together in those three games and were like, I said, roll just rolled over everybody.
0: I think there was a line briefly. It was uh, Kubalek. Yeah, Kubelik, Kuryshev and Reichel. And I was going to call it the European Union line, but I think one of those countries isn't in the EU. And then someone, somebody who's, uh, I think we're going to call them the Schengen line or something. This is a totally random aside that means absolutely nothing. But that was, I remember that line being good was the point of it, was Kubelik, Reichel, and Kuryshev. I think they look pretty good for a few games. So maybe that's a line next year if they bring back Kubalik. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Woo. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, I just um I I think we've uh, I I'm again like the the further away we get from this season like the the more relieved I am just like I'm so glad it's done although I I don't know what the next season's going to be like. Like I, I I like at least I the, at this place that I'm in now we're we're all in this space where like like with last season by like Halloween or Thanksgiving, you knew the season was over. At least there's a clean slate for next season right now. Maybe it'll be over by Thanksgiving again next season. Who knows? But there's at least six more months coming up where there's like reason to at least not be completely dejected and defeated. So that's the world I'm going to live in right now for a while. Um, you know, unless they name King the the full time head coach, that might suck. So,
2: well, we we go we go ahead anyways. We do.
0: Uh, We'll just, we'll, uh, we'll be here to complain about it, I guess. Uh, But I think that's any other hockey thoughts before we uh, make our transition into what we might do best is our, uh, the best hockey themed, our best food themed hockey podcast on the internet.
2: Go abs tonight, right? Is it tonight?
0: It is tonight. Go abs tonight. Absolutely. Um, What about the East? Do do any of you have a, a, a team you're, pulling for I, I, I kind of enjoy watching Tampa just curb stop everyone again and I, I don't have a really a reason to hate them
1: yeah i in the, the Tampa Carolina give me the Tampa Carolina carbs, final.
0: Yeah, yeah I'd watch I,
2: I mean, feel like I'm, that'd be better than the Rangers against Tampa that might not go so well
0: yeah I feel like the Rangers might get cooked like I feel like Carolina but the way
2: Carolina might too though but you yeah, know yeah Carolina's
0: a better
1: chance yeah
0: all right well since uh I think it's about that time for all our food discussion now. And uh, the, the idea is, you know, allegedly it's going to warm up because I played softball last night and I swear to God, the windshield was like in the forties and it's the last week of May. And I said several times, this weather's bullshit and it's pissing me off. You can come down here. <laughs> I, well, I think the, I think the warm weather's on its way up here this weekend and it is a holiday weekend, which means there's going to be a lot of, uh, a lot of gatherings, a lot of outdoor cooking. And I, I think we've got, we, there's a little cultural divide here or just maybe cultural miscommunication. I don't know what this is, but I think there's too much of a the misuse of the words cookout and barbecue. I think there's too many people who think those words mean the same thing. And they very, very much do not. If you invite me to a barbecue, what you're telling me is that you're going to be cooking up various types of meat for hours upon hours upon hours. It's a very lengthy process. It's not really a Uh, it's, it's more of a, it's, it's, it's an entire day, not just a few hours. A cookout is like a small, more informal gathering where you you pop some burgers and hot dogs and what have you on the grill. Uh, that's your more traditional. I think most people are going to have cookouts this weekend. Not as many people are going to have barbecues. And I get very annoyed at the misuse of those two words. When people think they mean the same thing because they absolutely do not. And so we were talking about this a little bit before we came on the air and I wanted to bring this over our resident southerner who I think is going to confirm this for me, correct?
3: Yeah, cookouts are definitely a hot dog hamburger. You're just flipping it in a grill but you're not, bar- there's no barbecue. There might be barbecue sauce eventually, but it's not a barbecue.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's like, it's like it seems like if there's barbecue sauce on the menu, it means it's a barbecue. And I also would like to say, neither one of those, a cookout is great, a barbecue is great. They're both good things, but just a, a set your expectations properly. Is
3: yeah, what I'm bar- trying to barbecues are all about slow cooking and... You might even have start like somebody will start barbecuing before anybody even gets there.
0: Maybe like yeah, they start, like, some of the smokers like people start running them the yeah, night yeah, before smoking. these days.
3: Yeah. yeah, barbecue a lot of times also is like on di- indirect heat and not like directly over a flame, so you're smoking. So um, yeah, you're talking about like pulled porks and stuff like that. You're not mm-hmm. grilling that. That Pork. you're not. It's not being grilled because it's not that would fall through the grill.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Your por- your porks, your briskets, everything. Brids. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, Shay and Mill, did you have anything else? I am I I am guessing you two are also on board with the correct definition of these two words.
1: Yeah. Barbecue means like smoked meats. Cookout means like burgers and, and hot dogs. Both of the both things are very good. Yeah. What both about, things have their time.
2: What about when the Flanders had a beef a thon? What does that fall <laughs> under? Well how do you believe they- it's a barbecue? And Homer beef. referenced it as such, but I believe I, it was a cookout if by your guys' definition.
0: Well, oh, I, I need to know how they cook the beef, I guess. I don't, I'm do. i trying to remember the episode. They grilled like, hot,
2: like, They grilled hamburgers.
0: Well, that, that, that that's, that's sounds like a cookout. That's me. a cookout.
2: Yeah. Right. But Homer's sticking his head out the window, drooling, yelling barbecue. He's wrong.
3: <laughs> He's, wrong. He's
2: wrong. Well, He's wrong. yeah. But yeah. it's Homer Simpson. He's allowed to be wrong. But I, I think the yeah. man knows how to eat.
3: That doesn't mean you know the words for
2: how to eat. Yeah, yeah. it's true. We called purple a fruit once. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Purple's a fruit.
2: Um, no, I, I, I'll, uh, I'll be honest with you guys. Like, I think that from what I've read previously, that in the area where Betsy's at, it's very definitive. But more in like the Midwest, people do use them interchangeably. And I feel like that has something to do with the weather. Like we might not cook like we we like we do a lot of barbecue inside, right? Like well, you can,
0: you yeah. Like it, well, it depends on your your equipment. Like I like the the way the technology is going with smokers and all that. I think some of them can be used inside. I feel like it's very much a garage thing. I feel like a lot of you you set it up in the garage so it's protected from the elements, yeah. just in case. But also, like you may not want it in your house.
2: Well. I like don't know I'm, what the I don't
0: know what the fire risk is for smokers. I've never operated one I, myself.
2: But. I mean, I'm Serbian, so like all the people that I know that have smokers and stuff, which is a plenty. They all have like sheds where they smoke meat, and then they do like lambs and pigs and sheep okay. or okay. not sheep, goat rather, and uh, all kind was, of shit. Yeah, it uh, sounds wonderful. It's uh, it's kind of like uh, I mean, you could smell it from a mile away. That's for sure. But I don't really have an opinion because. I think that it's going to be hard to get the general Midwest to use the proper definition.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think I think this is very much an error that is uh, related to people in the Midwest. I don't know about the Northeast or in the Northwest because I haven't spent much time in either of those areas. But I know from my Midwestern roots and life pretty much, uh, we, we keep messing this up and it's a little disappointing. So
2: I'm I'm planning on becoming a grill guy, though. So it be that as it may I don't eat meat right now. I I might have to switch that in the future. Who knows? What maybe I'll get into the charcoal grilling game. I was
0: gonna say charcoal or propane.
2: I, I want one of each. I want like a La Plancha, like a flat iron, but uh I don't know. I mean it just depends on how I'm gonna eat, I guess.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a good point, Mil. As as an as a non-meat eater, how do you what do you what do you define your your uh grilling meats events as? Or grilling um, non-meats events as?
2: So we have like, what is like referred to as a family barbecue at the end of summer every year. Um, and we make like, uh, Dave will probably know what this is, but we make Chevops, which I don't currently eat because it's meat. Um, but then like, I I take all my fake stuff and they do hot dogs and hamburgers and all the, you know, what you guys would consider a cookout and there's swimming involved and grilling and drinking and the, the typical end of summer type stuff, volleyball, whatever. Um, so it's like hard for me to have a definitive answer, I guess. But I like my barbecue sauce. So. <laughs> <laughs> I used to really like ribs, actually. Like the, barbecue ribs. They don't have fake meat ribs yet? I don't know. Who cares? Eventually, I'll probably just give it up if I want ribs that bad. I will say this, though, you guys. I've been into a burrito the other day. And Taco Bell is just a shitty Taco Bell burrito. But they made it with meat on accident. And their meat tastes really bad. Yeah,
3: that's true. <laughs>
2: like I get Taco Bell like pretty frequently if I if if I get fast food because I could just get beans, but like their beef tastes really horrible.
3: Well yeah, I, thought, I never. You have to go with their chicken or. The I rest.
0: thought they had the reputation as actually being like the only fast food place that actually has like somewhat decent quality meat.
2: That's a scary thought.
0: <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yes. It I, I thought Wed- Wendy's I don't like was their too.
3: Beef.
2: Right.
0: Uh, I don't know. You're,
3: Their steak is better. Like they have a, they have some steak ones that are better than the beef. Ground beef is.
2: Yeah, I used to get the when I ate meat. Still, I used to get the steak, like the double D uh, and stuff like that. Uh,
3: Before we run out of time, and we're on the talk of cookout slash barbecues. What is your favorite side to bring to those types of things? Like, what's? Ooh, ooh, good question. Beans. So I don't like beans. Do you do you
0: put do you put bacon in yours?
2: Yes.
3: Oh, okay. that would. That's, yeah, yeah, our baked beans that's are made stuff. with like pork pieces of pork in it.
2: Yeah, I don't know if this is so a side. Uh, like, I know what you're talking about, like bringing a side dish. But I really like uh, grilling corn on the cob.
0: That's no, a side, I think, or, no, or like yeah.
2: grill, grilling veggies in general. That's absolutely,
0: really good. and actually, the the neighborhood I grew up in, there was a guy that used to was responsible for acquiring and cooking all the corn. And then he moved away, and we don't have those anymore. And it was really disappointing.
2: How very crumb point of me to bring up <laughs> corn, right?
3: <laughs> yeah Yes, uh, my mine, mine is always a mustard-based potato salad.
0: I was gonna say potato salad, and like even like store-bought potato salad is actually a lot of them are pretty good. But if you get a good homemade one, oof, that's yeah. yeah, that's that's a great side dish. Mm. Um, yeah, uh,
3: well, and collard I, greens, I, but that's a very southern thing, I think.
2: I had a at Riot Fest; they have vegan barbecue, and I had collard greens for the first time, and they're very good.
3: Were the the collard greens made? Not with pork in it or bacon in it.
2: I'm assuming they're not, but whatever they made it with, it was good because I had like a some sort of fake uh, barbecue beef. Like it was like, or it was kind of more like pulled pork. I think it was saitan. Okay,
3: I've never had collard greens without meat in it that didn't taste like weird to me.
2: (laughs) My dad will eat it like spinach. (laughs) Like he'll (laughs) like steam it. So
0: so
3: your dad's Popeye, ridiculously good.
2: (laughs) Uh, I mean, kind of, I guess. By that definitely he he needs a pipe though
3: are like a thing that you eat especially on like new year's day because they they symbolize money for the new year Mm, okay look up like southern or southern like um foods to eat because you can eat like corn as a part of it It can represent gold and all all these other things all right i good look and good health
0: my my favorite development that you've had from this entire podcast is knowing that we have a proper Southerner on so we can get – because I feel like we were so Midwestern, the rest of us. Like I know Shay spent time down in Texas during school, but just uh, – with all of our Midwestern roots, it's nice to have I, – I feel like I learn a different food thing every time we talk about this because uh, anytime uh, – the few, I don't know a lot about Southerners, but I do know food is a big deal for them. So it's always I mean, good to –
3: we should be checking in on. Have you guys had grits? Have you? Seen us all? I, I keep
0: seeing them at store, but I uh, I keep forgetting.
2: So yeah. I have not, but uh, you. Now that you reminded me, I'll look into it this week.
3: I'm gonna yeah. need you to go to like a place that actually makes them, not by store brought. Even though actually store brought, not that bad. But
2: yeah, they, I, they have
3: it at the local grocery store, them.
0: but I don't know if it counts. Uh, I there's I have a group of friends that we go see the bears every year, and we're actually talking about maybe Atlanta this year, so. We might have to go uh, in uh, invest in some grits while we're down there.
3: Yeah, I can give well, you so many
0: recommendations. Absolutely. Well, I well, I'll have my people get in touch with your people, and we'll we'll make that happen.
2: Have any of you guys had Gabagool?
0: No idea what that is.
2: No, I don't either. They're getting it at Subway now.
0: Oh, oh, I'm sure. I'm sure it'll be high quality food too.
2: I saw a commercial and I just thought of Tony Soprano right away, I and I was like, "Yo." I don't it's know. a Capricola or whatever they call it. It's, on, a, it's a deli meat.
0: On John Oliver's show last Sunday, he was talking about the way Subway smells and he said it's as if it bread farted and it's the most accurate des- uh, description of the way a Subway smells I've ever heard in my life.
2: Uh, I used to smell uh, Subway a lot because my store in the mall used to be by a Subway. Ugh. Um, But like, it's also weird because in a mall you smell like popcorn and like leather, and all kind of weird shit. And
0: Dippin' Dots, the ice cream of the future for the last 30 years.
2: Yeah. Uh, We didn't have Dippin' Dots, I don't think. Disappointing. I think we had uh, some other ice cream place, but whatever. I mean.
0: All right. well, hey, uh, I I think we've uh, covered enough ground here and strayed so far enough away from the topic, as is our want, that uh, maybe we should bring this all back in for a landing. Um, So thank you for listening to this episode. we will still got some more Blackhawks themed player recaps coming. Of course, they'd be Blackhawks themed. We're a Blackhawks website. <laughs> more player recaps of players from the last season coming up at the website. There's maybe even a Jonathan Tase one coming down the pike pretty soon here. Uh, and we'll do some more into the next few weeks as the the rest of the Stanley Cup playoff season moves along. And at some point, we'll transition to looking ahead. But uh, if they're still playing out this season. Well, we got time to get there. Uh, the one thing I do want to quickly mention for everyone is we're going to try and do a mailbag episode next week. Because now that we've talked about the, the defensemen, the forwards and the goalies, um, I, we don't really have many other burning thoughts. But if you're listening to this podcast, maybe you have some thoughts about the Blackhawks that you either wanted to share with us or if you had a question you wanted to ask us. So you can send us an email to secondcityhockey@gmail.com, at all spelled out. You can tweet us at 2NDCityHockey, use the hashtag SCHMailbag, or if you're a member at, and a commenter at the website, pop into any of the morning backskates or playoff discussion threads anywhere you want and, uh, and throw your questions in there, or you can tweet mill at mill 182 or shepherd at shepherd price or me at D 57, either way, get in touch with us, ask us some questions. We'll probably answer them and uh bonus points. If they're not hockey related, cause we obviously have no uh, issues talking about food for 20 minutes at the end of these episodes. So whatever you want to ask us, we'll talk about it. Um, and I think that's going to do it for this episode. So thanks again to everyone for hanging out tonight. Mill's on Twitter at Mill182. Shepherd's at Shepard Price. I'm at DML57. The main account is at 2NDCityHockey. Betsy's not on Twitter, but she's at SecondCityHockey.com under the name LBR. Keep an eye there for all of our articles and everything going up in the future. And we'll talk to you and answer all of your questions next week.